This is Star Talk. Hey, I'm Chuck Nice, and I'm sitting here with Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson. And you know, we have a very special Star Talk All Stars episode for you, and that is because. What you're going to hear actually came out of the Star Talk All Stars Leap Into Launch Party, which happened on February 29th, a year ago. And I'm sitting here with Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson. That was, that was a leap year. <laughs> See, I, uh, look at you. Look at you. Yeah, am I smart? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, a cool thing happened at the end of the party, uh, which was it was you. Mike Massimino, who is another good friend of yours. Dr. David Grinspoon, who is Dr. Funky Spoon. Funky Spoon on Twitter, yes. Funky Spoon on Twitter. And and we all sat Mike down. Mike Massimino is Astro Mike. Astro Mike on Twitter. Yeah. And we all sat down, and uh, we were drinking some drinks. Yeah. And just really talking about pretty much everything. Uh, Why not? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it was a cool conversation. We talked about everything from what actually makes space travel, mm-hmm. which you had a very interesting um, um, point of view because most of us uh, just kind of go up in the air and then we come back down. Mm-hmm. That's not really space travel. No, not, no, no, no. <laughs> and, and for me, even just going into... Earth orbit is not space travel. Right, right. It's not really going anywhere. Right. You're driving around the block. <laughs> and you know how far it is to space, to where the space station is? It's about the distance from here to Washington, D.C. Really? Except straight up. It doesn't sound so impressive when you say it like that. That's what but... I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And so now you can look at a schoolroom globe and ask how high above a schoolroom globe is it? It's about three-eighths of an inch. So if you took three-eighths of an inch and you hovered a little model right above a schoolroom globe. It would be space, according to NASA and everybody's state of mind. Right. Well, so we're barely even in the water on the on the beach. We're the kids on the on the shores, on the shores. of the cosmic ocean. We are we are, we have we have barely touched the foam. So we yeah. So we kind of have a toe in the foam, and that's toe about in the it. foam. Not even all ten. Damn. Right. God. That's just the. That, so this is why I wrote a whole book called. Well, <laughs> I wrote a book with the title "Delusions of Space Enthusiasts." Right. Okay. No, no. The title was "Failure to Launch." Failure to launch. And then they, the publisher said, "We can't have the word failure." Right. Don't so, put that in the title. Right. So they renamed it. But in there, I just talk about here's a reality check on everybody's uh, everybody's sense of what space is. So they renamed it "Space Chronicles: Facing the Ultimate Frontier." Right. But so I I, I tried to put a reality check on everybody's statement that they've made about space wow yeah that's yeah. pretty cool so we talked about that we talked about so many other things that i mean we just got into it and basically we were sitting around um getting a little toasty and uh shooting the crap chewing space fat chewing space fat and so uh now some of you may have already seen this on startalkallaccess.com for those of you who are unfamiliar with startalkallaccess.com it is a subscription service that allows you to see everything that we do commercial free it also allows you to see what you're going to listen to right now which is exclusive original content that you won't find anywhere else Mm -hmm. and um you can also uh once you subscribe watch everything that we do on roku amazon fire and apple tv so it's a very cool service StarTalkAllAccess.com. You should subscribe and check it out. So if you want to know what it feels like to sit down and have a drink with an astronaut, an astrobiologist, and an astrophysicist who just happens to be the world's foremost science educator, and also some other dude, uh, then this... (laughs) 
<laughs> this is for you. And a comedian. And, yeah, and a comedian. <laughs> yeah, and some comedian. Uh, this is for you. So uh, with that, um, let's do this. Let's do this. All right, so we are here at the uh, Star Talk All Stars party, and uh, I'm sitting right now with uh, the actual All Star of All Stars, which is our progenitor, and that would be Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> are you not? Thanks, Dad. <laughs> are you not? Are you not the progenitor of Star Talk? Please. Yeah, it sounds so mean, antiseptic. It, well, you know what? I don't want to call you Dad. <laughs> I got father issues. <laughs> no, here's the deal. Uh, so you know, I thought it'd be great to. Uh, First of all, end with some entertainment, and that's why we have Dr. Funky Spoon here. Okay. And I also... That's his Twitter handle, Dr. That's his Dr. Funky yes, this Spoon. This is David Grinspoon. Dr. David Grinspoon. Tweeting as Dr. Funky Spoon. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, one of the people that helped uh, make the party good because they gave us some free alcohol, and that was the... Uh, <laughs> is that how that goes? <laughs> how it goes. <laughs> is that how we roll? So, so here's that the deal. Good. Here, here's what I thought would be a great way to end. So we have uh, Ninkasi Brewing Company, uh, Ground Control, which is an imperial stout that they actually donated to us and the great thing about this beer maybe it's great maybe maybe it's not i'm not sure they took strains of yeast to outer space they grew those strains of yeast in outer space brought them back to earth and then brewed beer Wait, wait, wait. So, Mike, was that on your mission? No, no. Did you brew beer? Is that why the Hubble telescope got messed up on no. your mission? Neil, if you'd be really pissed at us if we were fucking around making That beer. is so oh, right. So, no, we did not do that. It was not. Okay, let so the record show that your mission did not brew beer. We were busy helping out the astronomy world. Fixing the Hubble. Okay. So, one of the cool I, things. Where did this come from, man? What is this? Uh, what, what flight was it on? Where's their, where's their proof? You want some documentation. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, what, because what? you... I like the way Chuck says well, no. it. What, what, you want documentation? documentation? <laughs> exactly. no. So here's the deal. The reason why I have you here is because oh. uh, allegedly there are only two things in this room that have been to outer space. Uh, uh -huh. This beer and you. All right. Okay. okay. And we can't drink you. <laughs> so that's why this is here. All right. <laughs> it's good beer, too. Okay, it's very, it's very dense. It's got like a Guinness kind of yeah. density yes. and viscosity to it. Hmm. It tastes good, and it works. <laughs> and it's got a sustained uh, bubbly head on top, okay. as a Guinness would. Right. This is a little sweeter than Guinness. Yeah. It has the bitter backdrop, but on the front end, there's a sweetness that cuts the bitterness in the way you might drop a touch of sugar into coffee. I don't know why, but I want to have sex with this beer now. <laughs> I'm not sure what the hell Neil is talking about, but I want to date this beer. Okay? So now the now, other... These are my tasting notes. <laughs> That's all. So no, no, actually, everything you said was uh, actually spot on. And uh, in addition to the fact that of course, you being an astrophysicist, mm -hmm. you being an astronaut, mm -hmm. Dr. David Grinspoon is an astrobiologist and so all why you call him doctor and not us doctor you know because you know <laughs> he's dr funky spoon <laughs> so if you it's in his moniker that's right it's he's got here. a point he's got there a point you go. when you come up if with, i go dr degrasse then you be calling me dr degrasse. dr degrasse but it's not so, it's right. just neil degrasse so i thought it would be very cool if uh you know the fact that uh, all three of you tie into this that we were all here to close out our star talk all-stars party mm -hmm. And uh, uh, David's going to sing a little song uh, that, that kind of ties us all in, which is the Astrobiologist Blues. The Astrobiology Blues. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, blues is my favorite musical genre. Really? Yes. 
Yes. Hopefully it still wow. will be after the summer. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I was going to say, like, I, I I hate to disappoint you. But, uh, yeah. The beer might help. Yeah. By the way, just, just to get some of his resume on the table, yes. uh, he cut his teeth thinking about and writing about Venus. He's got a book. You can buy a book about Venus that he wrote. Yes. And Venus is like 900 degrees. Yes, Fahrenheit. it is. Ain't no life on Venus. So I don't know how he got from Venus to astrobiology. How did that happen? Well, it's a long story. Okay, but, uh, stop. <laughs> Never mind then. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, I mean, Ven you, know, you know, Venus started out as, as, as just a fine planet like the rest of them, and something, something went wrong. Something so went bad on astrobiologists Venus. Astrobiologists really want to figure that one out. Yeah, know? yeah, okay. All don't right. let this happen to your planet. Okay. <laughs> wow. Wow. This has a runaway greenhouse effect. Yes. <laughs> yeah, can I tell you something quick about Venus? Go ahead. I once calculated how long it would take to cook a 16-inch pepperoni pizza just sticking it out on the windowsill on Venus. Just and, I, and I got nine seconds. Wow. Right, because of how high the temperature is yeah. and how dense the atmosphere is. That almost seems long. Well, what? So here's what I'm saying. Yeah. So here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. So at 100 times the atmospheric pressure, nearly 100 times, right. it would ha it would the molecules would be imparting heat to the pizza faster than they would on Earth yeah. just because of the air pressure. Forget the temperature. Right. Just right. because of the air pressure. Right. You add the higher temperature, 900 degrees, it's like hotter than a pizza oven. Yes. This would cook the pizza, yeah. just put it on a windowsill. Nine I'm seconds? All, I'm all proud of this. So I, put, I tweeted, nine seconds. Okay? Then, Nathan Mirvold called me out. This is a <laughs> physicist turned chef. <laughs> yes. He, he took all the laboratory equipment that he's in a chemist and physicist's lab and brought it into his kitchen. And so now when he cools food, he brings it down to like liquid nitrogen temperature. Or when he cuts food, he'll cut one, he'll use a microtome, which cuts one cell layered thick of food that it it, it evaporates on your tongue when it tastes. Wow. So okay. he's I'm got not, a whole- I'm not gonna lie, he sounds like a dick. Yeah. <laughs> so he's got a whole- You're not running, you're not running to that Yeah, restaurant. I'm just sorry. I, I'm going to that I'm restaurant. Not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to eat at his place. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You're, so, you're endorsing the beer. Yeah. Not, uh, <laughs> Here's what I'm saying. The Here's what I'm saying. So I thought I was badass coming up with the nine seconds. He said, yeah. uh, you left out a factor in your calculation, and that is the radiative, the radiative effect oh, of the atmosphere yeah. itself. Okay. Because the, 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 the atmosphere is at a temperature, mm -hmm. so it's not simply the movement of the molecules of the air, it is radiating infrared photons yeah at the pizza, in addition yeah. to the molecules hitting. Right. This is why when someone walks between you and a fire, you instantly you're, you're feel cooler. You're right, you're cooler. Yeah. It's not that the air changes temperature in a fraction of a second. No. The photons, they're blocking, infrared photons, the are, are getting blocked by, right. by the person who walked between you and the fire. Right. Okay, yeah. so if you add that in, takes two seconds to cook the pizza. All right, so now here's what I'm like way off. This is what I'm going to, wait, I was, I'm just going to say this. I was way off. I'm going to say this. Nine seconds is a piece of charcoal. All I'm going to say yeah, is, yeah, totally your, your entire story just confirmed he's a dick. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, no, what he did was. No, I'm sorry. No, I think that's actually fascinating. What, well, what he did was, I mean, what, what's fun, if I love being corrected by more science. Oh, yo, that's nice. Uh, that is just, because I'll put in everything I know, right? and obviously I want what I did to be correct, even if it's incomplete. So my calculation is correct, but it's missing this other part that he put in, and, and so I was wrong. Well, I see, that's what makes you a scientist and not a Republican. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> not a I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not a dick. Right. And <laughs> not a dick. <laughs> not a dick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, so listen. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, Abraham Lincoln was a Republican. 
the first Republican president. Just uh, FYI. Oh, they switched out. Okay, exactly. Yeah, okay. I was going to say that the there's years. a there's a history there, but I'm not going to go there. <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. What is it? What is what does it matter, sir, yeah. Mister Astronaut Dude, yeah. the only man who's like been weightless <laughs> orbiting Wait, one, the Earth, one of 547 people. Well, we were talking about this earlier. Yeah. Uh, uh, only That's five the astronaut club. only 547 Apparently. people have actually been to outer space. We're not talking about the pilots who get. In the atmosphere, yeah. uh, people are still in the atmosphere, orbiting Earth, orbiting well, Earth. No, is it orbit or is it just going to? Space? Well, no, going because to space. X fifteen guys. Yeah, okay. Well, the X fifteen guys, no, they're part of it. The, the uh, and, and and Scott guys. Carpenter, Scott Carpenter, Scott Car and, uh, suborbital, and, uh, even Alan Shepard. Right. Okay. So those guys are part of it because they're out of the atmosphere. That's yeah, all right. The, all right. Okay. Out of the atmosphere, you've been in space. Yeah, but if Earth had no atmosphere, wait, 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 wait. If you want to say being in space is simply being, we'll get back to you in a minute. Oh yeah. Okay. If you if you want to say that being in space means you left Earth's atmosphere, okay. defined as 100 kilometers up, 62 miles. Okay. In principle, I don't have a problem with that, except if the atmosphere were thinner, then being in space would be a little closer to Earth. If we had half the atmospheric pressure we do, right. then being in space would be at 50 kilometers or just 30 miles up. Mm -hmm. If it had a tenth the ad, then it would be six miles up. Mm -hmm. If we had a hundredth, it would be... Uh, six tenths of one mile up. Did I do the math on that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, close, yeah. Enough. close enough. Close enough. If we had no atmosphere, we'd be here right now. But we'd all be astronauts. Right. So this. And if I had a million dollars and I was a better lover, I wouldn't be sitting here right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so. Sounds like another show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we reserve that. We need to go there. Call him. Not right now. Right now. Right. Not right now. <laughs> so. I, that's why I want to think of space yep. as those who have achieved orbit. Okay, which, do me a favor. Wait, right. wait, wait. Which, which is a definition independent of the atmospheric pressure here on this planet. Okay, that's that's actually a very okay, good. This is cool. That's a qualifying statement, and I like it. What is it? What is? Do we have a minimum altitude to retain orbit? Is there a? Well, you don't want. Otherwise, the atmosphere burns. You know, messes so with where, it. So where are we? So no. In principle, I don't know why you can't do orbit 100 miles up. What's that? We're all in. Ooh. Ah, uh, there's we're Carter Emmert. Carter Emmert uh, letting us know the real deal. We're all in space <laughs> all the time. It might be interesting <laughs> the lowest altitude orbit we've had with the shuttle. It could be sustained. It's pretty low. Yeah, yeah. yeah so you are one people. of 533 people who have actually have been, orbited. Orbited, yeah. uh, been, been in space, yeah. according to Neil deGrasse Tyson. You have... One of five hundred. My definition of space. It's an interesting definition. You're going to cut out a few people. But yeah, I understand that, but it's tough. It's tough. Okay. So, so here's my point. So, let me ask you: if you if you breed uh, yeast in space, it's just breeding at zero g. Is there anything that you think would be different in space? There's a higher radiation. Uh, yeah, but probably whether if they, it'd be interesting to see how they did this. If it was exposed, if it was, uh, it probably was not outside. It was. I don't know. I'm guessing it might have been on a space station flight. I don't know where they. Okay. All right. Where they got this. Mm -hmm. So I don't know enough about yeast. Does yeast grow like a what is it? Is it a plant? Because I know we've grown we've grown plants. What what the heck is yeast? Okay. So what it? is you have no idea what you're talking about. I have no <laughs> idea what I'm talking about. What is when you grow yeast? How do you grow yeast? It's like a. Well, it's, let me ask you a different a, question. It's more. It's not a growing plant, is well, it? Okay. Well, you're the astrobiologist. Is it? It's a plant. Okay, so for yeah. plants, for example, but we have forty percent of our DNA identical with that of yeast, don't we? 
But it but it grows. Is it, that for real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if it grows, what would be interesting is that it's why yeast grows on our bodies. It's does just it have a heavy. Does heavy. it have a heavy stalk or anything? No, it, okay, it's very. It's physically very simple. It's okay, so if it, but it grows, you'll see. What yeah. do you see? You see like a plant. I mean, help me out here. It's just cells. It's just a mass of cells. Okay, so it's not really like it's not like a sunflower. Very little structure. No. Okay, right. So that's just simple. Or simple. So I don't. I don't think it would grow. The yeast yeast consumes sugar because rise and women very uncomfortable. Yes. (laughs) Somebody had to go there. You know what? Somebody. You can boo me all you want, but I didn't say anything, and you got exactly what I was talking about. So I would think it grows. I think it sounds like a little experiment that would grow the same way. If it was a a plant, like growing a plant, like a, 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 a sunflower. Sunflowers have been grown in space. So a sunflower on the earth has a big stalk. It's really, really large. It doesn't need all that strength in space. It doesn't need that to hold itself up. So it grows with a very thin stalk, and it kind of winds itself around. It's very interesting. But I'm, I'm thinking the okay. yeast is probably so not much different. So, so it might be kind of a gimmick, but it's good beer. It's good beer. Yeah. So that <laughs> would mean that it get more radiation. It yeah, get more radiation. A little more radiation. But so these are yeasts that are... The yeast in here have their lives traceable to yeast that were created in space. Yes. yes. From yeast that was originally from Earth. Right. From Earth's surface. Well, I think it's a novelty. It's a novelty. But it's not going to give, give it to them as a novelty, yeah. for sure. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I think they actually admit that it was a novelty because they say that uh, the reason why they did the entire uh, the entire novelty, the, the experiment, whatever you want to call it, is because they want to show people that they're about exploration. Okay. It's That's all nice. about exploration. That's a good thing. So that that was the entire marketing goal. Who are these guys? Are you these know? friends of yours or something? No, I don't know them at all. Come, really? No. And they just gave us free beer. Just and then stocking. That's all it is? Yeah. We're easy. <laughs> We're in the street. <laughs> really easy. Yeah, We're yeah, yeah, just free beer, man. Right. That's free beer. it takes. Right, exactly. And we'll do a whole freaking show about your product. I just murdered my mother because I wouldn't say Hey, drink really this and you'll here. be in space, man. So, all, right, all right, let's let's so so this is the world premiere of of the astrobiologist blues written by Chuck. Uh, nice with no one was supposed to know that part. Well, but I I co co wrote it to some degree. Okay, good. So you messed around with it. That's I great. messed around with it, but really the That's inspiration is messed from, around by messed around by uh-huh. Doctor Funky Spoon. All right, what's the name of this again? This is the, uh, the astrobiologist blues. blues. All right, all right, let's All do right, it. so it's going to be interesting. We're it goes astrobiology. I bet something like this. Everywhere that I go, it's dark. What do you do? Well, I look for life in the cosmos. Maybe that life's looking for you. Are we alone? Maybe, but not for long. Well, I got those astrobiologist blues. That's why I sing this song. When the aliens come, will they come in peace? (laughs) Or will they make us their pets and put us all on a leash? Oh, are we alone? (laughs) Maybe, but not for long. Well, I got those astrobiologist blues 
And that's why I sing this song Gotta take care of this planet Yes, sir Cause it's all we got Yes, sir Talk to me No, we can't move to Venus No, we Because can't. you know it's too damn hot Oh, are we alone? <laughs> I can't tell you without a doubt How are you gonna tell me that? Well, are we alone? I don't know But I'll tell you how we're gonna find out Tell you how we're gonna find out well, we've got to explore all the potentially habitable planets in the solar system. Anywhere where there is or was liquid water, energy, organic molecules. This includes the clouds of Venus, the subsurface of Mars, the oceans of Jupiter's moon Europa, Saturn's moons Titan and Enceladus, and even a possible interior ocean of Pluto. Meanwhile, we need to search 100 billion exoplanets in the Milky Way galaxy for signs of life. In order to do this, we'll need to develop the next generation of space telescopes and spectrometers so we can examine those alien atmospheres and search for the chemistry produced by life forms interacting with their environments. These new instruments will not be inexpensive, but they may allow us to finally answer the age-old haunting question, are we alone? So in short, kids, if you want to know if there are any aliens, write to your congressperson and tell them to increase funding for astrobiology. Thank you. <laughs> Dang! That was great, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. That was awesome. You wrote all that. No, let me tell you something. You wrote that thing. I'm pretty sure that everyone can tell exactly which part I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> and which part I didn't. That was awesome. No, that was great. You've been rehearsing a lot or what? Uh, yeah. No, oh, my God. Come on. Is that the funky spoon? That is that the funky spoon? And Chuck Nice. Yo, good shit, man. That's awesome. My man. That was fantastic. This is a lot of fun. <laughs> you know what this one does? Start to All Stars is all about. A lot cool. of fun. Um, and, and Mike, thanks for coming over. You were you were at the oh, Intrepid my, earlier. I was. I had an you event You have to share there. you with your job. You Every know? once in a while, you got to do something else. But I'm really glad I got to be here. And, yeah. and Intrepid, the World War II awesome. aircraft carrier, yeah. parked yeah. on the side of Manhattan that has the Enterprise. The Enterprise uh, <laughs> uh, shuttle is there. Shuttle. Uh -huh. A lot of great other things uh, going on. So I was over there early, but uh, really yeah. happy I got a chance to be here and see you guys. It's thanks great. for coming over. Thanks for having me. And just so people remember, you were the first person to tweet from space. I was. Yeah, yep. yeah. I was. And and and, and so in 1969, Neil Armstrong said, "One small step for man." Yeah. And your first tweet from space was what? Not as good. <laughs> <laughs> they actually they made fun of me on Saturday Night Live. Oh really? Yeah. Because I said I said launch was awesome, and on Saturday. That's what you was, said. I said launch, and I said some other things too. But on Saturday Night Live that weekend, while I was in space. <laughs> wait, 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 wait! You want you want a 300 million dollar spaceship in orbit? The taxpayers put you up there, and you pull out a, That's what it costs. <laughs> Jesus. And the first ever historic I tweet. What you say? Yeah. Like, I just needed a ride. <laughs> I just That's needed expensive. a ride. So, so you said this was awesome. The launch was awesome. I said launch was awesome. Uh, I'm feeling great. Uh, the adventure of a lifetime has begun. I wanted the people of Earth to know I was feeling great. I uh, thought by that the was way, important. That is not a bad tweet. That's not. No, bad. It wasn't bad, but they made fun of it. Look, it was good. They made fun of it on Sunday. They go in 40 years. It was his 40th anniversary. You you uh, hosted the celebration. Oh, I we did. We had in Washington. Yes, you yes. That, that was awesome. The, and all those guys were alive back the then. The Hazy Center. Yep. 
Uh, no, actually, I'm thinking of the one at the oh, main, the, the at the main one museum. In, at the main, wait a minute. It was the 40th anniversary of the, oh, the Apollo. Of, 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 of Apollo I was like 11. MC of that event. It was awesome. Yeah. Right? We had yeah. just come back. Now, when now, I was, now, they said for 40 years we've gone from, we had to stop. Are we recording anymore? No, we're still said, recording. We're, we're, one small, we've gone from one small step to, uh, you know, one small step for man, mankind, one giant leap for mankind. mankind. We've gone, and this is Leap Day. By the way, yes, so it's it like a giant Today, leap. Right now, where we're taking giant leap. Right. And, and we've gone in 40 years ago from that to launch was awesome. If this guy ever meets aliens, this is how we'll find out about it. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> dudes, look, aliens. <laughs> they made fun up. of me. So anyway, but here's, here's it was what, my, first my kids started paying attention to the flight. So it was good. No, it wasn't bad. So now here's what I want to know because you. Uh, are in this club of people who are part of this. We're very fortunate and, people. And We're very fortunate people. A very people. esoteric group. That quote, one small step from man, yeah. one giant leap from mankind, yeah. was that indeed pre-written, predetermined, I asked him that. I asked and rehearsed? Him that. I asked the man that. I just want to know. I mean, first of all, I met Neil who him I asked him. What's that? Uh, Neil Armstrong, the man, yeah. the first man on the moon. I, and when I, he came and spoke to our astronaut class yes. our first week at NASA. Yes. And it just so happened around the like the little buffet thing we had there, he's standing next to me, my, my big hero. Oh, I, by accident. Yeah, right. By accident. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. he's standing next to me, and I asked him about that. When did you think? Because I thought, did you, you know, did you hire it, uh, hire a publicist? When did you come up? He said he didn't think about it until after the landing because he wasn't sure if they were going to make it. And he didn't want to think about anything before the landing. And he worried about that. He thought about that after they landed. Think about that. Yeah, but Those guys were not sure they were going to make it. In fact, the first three Apollos, right, Neil? The first three were all the same flight because they didn't know if the first guys were going to make it. So they once they made it, then Apollo 12, they so came up came with a different... came up with that after they landed on the moon. On the moon, he came up with that. He wasn't okay. going to think about I'm anything... Impressed. Except but except for the landing. That's badass. Well, that's that is badass. badass. That man badass. is. A, I'm impressed. Yeah, I mean, well, I, and they barely made it as it was. One of the most amazing right? guys so. ever. <laughs> yeah. Really is, and yeah, yeah. just a super uh, amazing pilot, amazing person. Anyway, so, so you asked me that. No, I'm, I'm, I'm really not like know. that. Did I tell you that? We were, did you know him? I mean, he must. Well, have. maybe we were like that. Well, I'm sure. <laughs> but you did the you did their big 40th celebration. Yeah, yeah. He no, died not that long after. Not that long after. Years after. I first met him in 1973. Wow, where were, we, where were you? In, how did you mean you're in? You're what? In, well, now you're, you're in high school, man. Yeah. Now you want to know. You were like a little kid. <laughs> He's the man. Neil, you were a little kid. Neil Armstrong, Neil deGrasse Tyson. I met him. Neil, like, hey, I met him. At, my name's Neil too. I met him at the bar yeah. <laughs> of the SS Canberra, the fourth largest ocean liner in the world, wow. which was retooled uh. to become a floating science laboratory. To go from New York yeah. to the coast of Northwest Africa to observe on June thirtieth a seven-minute-long total solar eclipse. Wow! And I was on that ship at age four. Um, hold on. Forty-three. I was fourteen. Yeah. I lied and told everyone I was sixteen, and I had my own telescope by yourself. By myself with you. Well, there was eighteen hundred other people. No, but not your parents. No, so my parents were. I was alone. Wow. I was alone. And I had my own telescope, and during the eclipse, it's awesome. a forest of telescope tripods on the deck after uh, they'd taken off all the, the shuffle boards and yeah, everything, yeah. All right. and the lawn chairs and everything, that were the whatever, the deck chairs. And so he was one of the sort of celebrities Neil was there, brought onto man. the ship. And I hadn't fully appreciated that he had just freaking, like the Apollo yeah. thing yeah. had just ended in yeah. 1972. Yeah, right. And so... But he was there. No one was hounding him or anything, yeah. and and I just I got him to sign my my yeah. little little uh, you know the the brochure for yeah. the trip, 
And so that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. Amazing, yeah. and, amazing and so it turns out his son, who's my yes. age, was yeah. on the ship at the time. Oh, cool. Now I'm yeah. friends with his son. Um, so, yeah. Nice so, so, so I had a few, I mean, we, we met yeah. a few times. I mean, yeah. so... When, I'm exaggerating yeah. when I say we were like that. We were really like that. No, but still, I mean, getting an encounter with him at that sort of age. Yeah. He was and did it, that man. inspire those are, you in some way? No, I was already. I'm on a, I'm on a freaking eclipse cruise. He's <laughs> on a freaking cruise with a telescope. Now I'm going to be interested in the universe? <laughs> I mean, even if I'm on a cruise at 14. Hey, well, let me ask you then. When, <laughs> when exactly did, I want to know, okay, uh, because the way I, uh, you know, you and I did a thing on CBS this morning, and I said the reason why I like Neil uh, deGrasse Tyson is because he talks about the universe the way I talk about sex. And, <laughs> and I'm serious. I'm not even joking. That, that's so what? Well, that's funny. Because I was once explain Because I was once on John Stewart, and I was talking about Mars, and I was talking about at at some time in its past, it it was clearly sort of wet and fertile and might have had life. And I'm using these terms. And then John Stewart said, why is it that when you talk about the universe, I get horny? Right. <laughs> so that was... Exactly. Is that what's happening? Is that what, is that what's well, I don't know if I'm getting horny, you know. Then yeah. again, honestly... Uh... Yeah, that's good to hear. <laughs> All right. So what exactly was the moment, if you can actually call it down to a moment? Oh, yeah. Uh, and I want to know this from each one of you. What exactly was the moment for you personally when you knew, my God, this is it? That's not exactly what I said at the time, but yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I just didn't say, my God. That's not the, we're not the words. I, I, yeah. I got it. Okay, I was nine years old. Right. And what did you say? I was, I was nine. Yep. And I didn't say anything because I was in the darkened silence mm -hmm. of the Hayden Planetarium. Wow! The show was unfolding. Wow! And the the lights dimmed, the stars came out, and I thought it was a hoax. Really? I, I had seen all twelve stars from the Bronx where, <laughs> where I grew up, and there's nice. way too many stars to match yeah, up. Nice. It's a nice hoax, though. Let me—I'll yeah. go along with it. And at that moment, I was starstruck. I have no other way to say it. And I said, "Is this a thing? This is one could do this? Is this a?" And it would take two years. By age 11, I had an answer to that question that adults always ask children, that annoying question, what do you, you want to be, be when, when you, you grow, grow up? Oh, yeah. I said astrophysicist. That kind of shut him up like that. Right? Because well, it's usually, I want to be a doctor. Oh, Aunt Matilda's a doctor. You know, I say an astrophysicist. Yeah, right. yeah. Nobody knew. That was, the end that was of, it. That was it. That was the only it. one in the family. So, so, I think the universe chose me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because I was helpless well, you know, that, that in the presence of this silent darkness. The universe grabbed me, and I've known no other pursuit since. You know what? If and I was 11 back, years you're old. Back there now. All I'm going to say this is this. is amazing. Oh, yeah, now, if now, I was 11 years old and the place. universe grabbed me, I would have called child first. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> 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 that's a, on the doll. That's a different one. With a bad God. universe. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no good. All right, so now wait. Wait, wait, so now I'm director of the place. Wait, what's that's it? That's right. It's a story. It plays well in small towns. New York people don't care. That's not what true. Talking about. I say I was a kid. I was in. Everyone went to. Here in New York, everybody right? went to. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. I don't give a crap. Sorry, I'm you're glad wrong. I, I'm you're glad wrong. I got you're to hear right, the story. So now, wait a minute. That's a great story. That this is awesome. Great. All right. So now wait a minute. We got two more stories. We got two more stories, and we're going to wrap it up. But seriously, because that was, that was fantastic, and I think it's really great for people to hear the fact that, and and I believe this. Everyone knows the way you knew. Everyone knows. 
It's just that something seminal must happen to push you in that direction, but everyone knows, and what normally happens is, you tell somebody, and they go, man, you out your mouth. What? Right. So now, just to put closure on this, okay. even though my last sentence sounded like closure, I, have, I can close it even better. Okay. To this day, <laughs> to this day <laughs> every day I walk into my office, I have a duty and an obligation, and it is my honor to have both of those operating simultaneously to serve the next generation who walk through those doors the way the educators and scientists served me. Nice. Oh, man. Yo, man, that's yo, that's a nice that's button it. to put on that. That's what I'm saying. Well, that's a mission. That's all so, I'm saying. So what you're saying is the inspiration uh, drove you to a mission. I mean, seriously. That's all that's I'm what saying. Happened. That's amazing. That's all I'm saying. That's, I mean, all right, so now, okay. Astrobiology. By the way, by the way, my story is not uncommon among my colleagues. We're gonna, FYI, we're going to find that out right okay. now. Okay, that's why. That's why you have. That's why you have like amateur astronomy groups that have like kids that are part of it. Okay, there are no other amateur lawyer groups. I don't think so. Amateur <laughs> neurosurgeons. No, no. Amateur astronomy no, are like right. experts in the night sky, and it's all ages, and we're all part of it. Am I lying? If I'm not dying. But this right. is my point. What you just said right there. Okay, the fact is, we're sitting here with. Uh, there are four people here. Three of us have extraordinary jobs, and uh, we know who they who are. Who are you leaving out, man? <laughs> hey, my um, job's not no, so I bad either. And we know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> who are you leaving out? You're not leaving three, out you, are three you? Three of us have extraordinary jobs. So now what just I want to know. Just because I don't live in New York? <laughs> so here's my point. So, boom, that's one story. Astronaut, astrobiologist, how did that happen? Comedian. I mean, but you you followed a dream too, man. You know, what? it was a little different. Chuck, different I don't want to live in a world, certainly not a country, where there aren't comedians yeah. who who have committed their lives to making others laugh. Well, that makes one of us. There <laughs> <laughs> we go. I'm joking. Okay, so no, I want to know this because it's important. Astronaut, how did yeah. that journey happen? I think when I was cool. I was six years old when they walked on the moon. All right, almost seven. There you go. April, uh, July 20th, 1969. To build up to that, I can remember, yep. you know, the, I remember Apollo 10 going down low and not not landing on the moon. But Apollo 11, watching wait, wait, that. Wait, that deserves some statement. A, Apollo, Apollo 10, 10 that's right. went to the moon. Correct. Deployed the, the, the lunar module. Lunar module. The lunar module went down towards the surface, right. hovered, and then went back up and came right. back to Earth. Right. And I would have said, and, and I, you know what I would have done? Landed. I said, Houston, I can't hear you. Houston, Houston, okay, we should land, right? Right. See, I, I don't know that I would have been a good law-abiding astronaut. You think they put fuel in the ascent stage on that one? <laughs> you guys are stuck there now. That was a very good, that was good. Very good astronaut <laughs> job. Yeah, it was. That was good. You know what I mean? Fuel in the ascent I stage. I, I, yes. I wish we had Oh, no, time. you got to get off that. That was a very good astronaut This, was, was this is part of the deal with Neil Armstrong. They had to come back. You know, they landed. Same thing with Mars. Mm -hmm. You go, you got to come back. Coming right. back was not, is another launch. Something else is going wrong. Engine don't work, you're in trouble. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, so Apollo 10 and Apollo 8 when they first orbited the moon, Apollo 10 when they almost landed, but there was no plan to do that. And then Apollo 11 was the big mission. And I remember seeing that on my TV set and looking outside in my front yard and looking at them. I mean, when you saw it on TV, Neil, you can remember this. You guys may be too young for this. But when you saw that, when you saw that on TV, and you walked to be clear, outside, on a twelve-inch black and white TV, little black and white TV, black yeah. and white TVs, right? That's what it was. 
and it was at I guess the the uh, the EVA was probably around nine thirty. Was it was nighttime, close to extra bedtime. vehicular activity. <laughs> the space, the moonwalk, <laughs> moonwalk. Thank you. They they launch, you know, they the moonwalk that precedes Michael Jackson's moonwalk. Right, yes, okay. and I've seen you do the other moonwalk. At that moon, at that moon ceremony, I had twelve new moonwalkers in the audience. I got a moonwalk. Really good. It was really good. You had all twelve of them there. I had almost every. every, All the living ones were there. there. All right. So, but but I remember going outside uh, on and looking at the moon and saying there are people up there. Nice. And I love those guys. Oh my god. Those Neil Armstrong and Mike Mike Collins and Buzz Aldrin and all those astronauts from that era were my heroes. And I said, I want to be one of those guys. And nice. so it's interesting, you know, I, I, I you know, I, had, I remember coming to the Hayden Planetarium as well when I was a little kid. My parents taking me in there, grew up in Long Island. But for me, I wanted, I, I wanted to be one of those people. I wanted to be one of those guys. And I had no idea how that was going to happen. I was just a little kid on Long Island, no idea. But I thought they were, they were it. That's fantastic. So, man. all right, this is our last story. Funky Spoon. Funky Spoon, astrobiologist. Yeah, well. Um, Similar to to uh, what Mike said, actually, my earliest vivid memory, actually, I mean, I, I have other early memories, but my earliest really vivid memory is Apollo 11 landing, and my parents let me stay up real late, which probably was partly half of what was as exciting as, but um, the black and white TV and seeing these guys walking on the moon, that to me was, I think, really a life-changing experience. It was so exciting, and it was real. It wasn't fiction. It was this adventurous, uh, amazing, uh, groundbreaking journey. And even at that at that age, I, I was in fourth grade, um, I guess. And 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 I really just my mind was blown by that. I mean, I'm definitely a child of Apollo, and that I think set me on my life course. I became really caught up in the romance of space exploration. I was really enthralled by the early planetary missions, the first missions to Venus, the first orbiters on Mars, seeing those pictures come back. Um, Now, I had kind of an unusual upbringing, actually. My dad's best friend when I was a kid was Carl Sagan. And so Uncle Carl... Wait a minute. Yeah. Your dad's wait best friend was Carl Sagan? Yeah, they were, a big, they, were, they were both Harvard professors. Wait, and, and wait a minute. And you started this story with a moon landing? Well, but <laughs> no, it started from the moon landing. But then, but then the fact that Uncle Carl was involved in these really... This was before he was famous. He was Uncle Carl, this really cool guy, you know? And he would come over with, like, the latest pictures of... Um, you know, the, of, of Mariner, billions Mariner and 9. Billions of nephews. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and he he was doing this really cool stuff. And then, and then also I got really into science fiction. And I think in my young mind, I didn't really differentiate between like 2001 and, you know, the, the space fiction and the real space stuff. It was all just exciting, romantic stuff. And it was the future. 2001, and, A Space Odyssey, the film. The film. It was all what we were going to be doing in the future. And we were going to be, you know, that was what it was going to be like. And now here we are in the future. And we're not sending people to Jupiter yet, but I've been able to be involved in spacecraft exploration of the other planets. And for me, that feels in a very real way like I've been able to, in a sense, go into space. We were talking about this earlier with Carter Emmert from the from the museum who does the, the astro-visualization where even those of us who haven't... Has Carter been, been on here yet? Yeah, we had Carter yeah, on today. Yeah, Carter, it's fantastic. Carter does for that next generation what others 
what his counterparts did back when I went. So yeah, yeah. I could sit here yeah. with the title of director, but we got people actually oh make this stuff. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I didn't even realize that. So those of us oh, who haven't oh, man, you, been into okay. space like you, I feel it's like we've participated in this way that's becoming more and more real because we can visualize it in 3D. We send the machines out. They send back the... Mm -hmm. Not that... I mean, I still think there's a role I want people to go to Mars and stuff, but I also think it's really cool that more and more of us are participating in this way that we're being able to actually, in some sensory way, experience it. Yeah. And that, to me, that's very real. I do feel like I have, in a way, been able to participate and go into space. Part, part of my brain's been there, even if my body hasn't been. Well, you both let's hear just, it for uh, space. Yeah, let's hear it for space. All right. This is Star Talk.